Welcome to Equipus Christchurch. Equipus Church is a whole lot of friends championing one another to go higher in Christ. For more details, check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch. There is power in agreement. There is power in agreement. How many know that in a marriage, that's, that's one of those things, yeah? Marriage, you need to have agreement. Um, how many know in a sports team, you need to have agreement? Yep. How many know in your workplace, you need to have agreement? Yep. Who's flatting right now? How many know in your flat, you've got to have agreement? Yep. Agreement is one of those uh, key things that you have to have in order that life flows. Um, we've been talking about uh, three things that, um, as, a, as a leadership, about association, about alignment, and about agreement. And this morning, I just wanted to leave it there and um, land with agreement, because I believe that each one of us uh, are on this journey uh, to see God move mightily in our lives, right? So I want to see agreement in my marriage. I want to see agreement in my workplace. I want to see agreement in my friendship. I want to see agreement in myself. Uh, sometimes heart and mind, they fight a lot. And sometimes you've just got to remind yourself that if, if once we get an alignment with God's Word, every, you're in the flow. Yeah? In the flow. I want to celebrate people who feel like they're in the flow right now. Come on, give me, show me your hands. Who's in the flow right now? Living the dream. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. I want to see hands of people who are wanting to live in alignment. Yes, great. So, so we have you in the room, and that's awesome. Um, fasting has been a, an amazing journey, right? Like three weeks, 21 days, prayer and fasting. Part of my journey has really been to kind of ignore the food side of things, because you know I'm a foodie. You don't get to be this good looking without enjoying a lot of good food. We won't go there. And so having to, to, to say, food, get behind me, Satan, kind of thing. Um, not, no, I'm just kidding. But to, to just say to food, no, I'm not going to choose you now. I'm going to pray. I'm going to just connect with God. I'm going to have a meal with Jesus rather than have a meal with you. Oh, don't get me wrong, food is amazing, and we, we thank God for His provision. I mean, there's, a, there's, a, um, there's an initiative that's happened in Auckland uh, on K Road that, um, that they've done, and it's been on the news, and you'd, you'd be familiar with this. Um, so they, they get all this expired food or rotting food. About They can't sell the food in the supermarkets. Put it that way. It's not rotting food. Um, they can't sell it to customers. So these chefs have, have come up with this initiative where they would just take the food and they would clean it up and they would cook an amazing three-course meal for everyone. Right? Here's how it happens. It, it attracts like chefs from all restaurants, uh, waiters from all restaurants. It attracts lawyers. It attracts doctors. It attracts anybody who wants to come and be a part of this project. What I find 
fascinating is that no one gets a name badge. No one gets a, you know, a special mention. Everyone just turns up and everyone does the meal. And so they did this, this the, the, the camera panned over and, and you just had multiple tables of people sitting down having this meal. People from all walks of life, different shades of brown, right? Because we're all brown, come on now. Right? And, and it's kind of like, here's a lawyer sitting across the way from a homeless guy and they're having this meal and what unites them is the food, the table in front of them. No one's talking about how much the person earns. No one's talking about anything else, but man, it's great to share a meal with you. It is so awesome that, that people, because I mean, chefs are cooking this. This is not just anybody cooking it like they're cooking it in their flat. Hmm. This is a proper chef cooking proper food. They have this meal and then they get up and they have the choice whether to pay or not to pay. But when you pay, you pay with what comes out of your heart. You're not paying for a meal. You're paying generosity. And that's, and I'm just like, flip. What a concept. What an amazing concept is that thousands and thousands of tons of food gets chucked out every single day. Some of this food is usable, but because we can't sell it, it's got to go. I'm painting a picture here for you. When was the last time you got to cook a meal with stuff that wasn't good enough? When was the last time you used up something that had a little bit of, you know, moldy cheese and you just cut it off and you make a beautiful meal out of it? When was the last time you thought, man, the bananas are brown as I can't eat them, but I can make a banana cake? When was the last time? We had this pineapple sitting in our fridge um, and like it's been there for about a week and a half or something and it's starting to get soft but I'm just a real softie for fruit. And so I was like, come here, you. Cut it up. Thicker, you know, as you cut the skin, you cut, got to cut thicker because it's been sitting there for a while. And the inner part of the pineapple was awesome. I literally sit there and ate it with my fingers. It was amazing. The whole pineapple in one sitting. Don't judge me. And, and in this time, we've been saying... Who are the people that are in my world that I could connect with? Who are those people? So week one, we've been, we've been praying. Who am I believing for? Who is it in my world and everyday walk of life, the people that you bump into every day, who is it that we're believing for? I don't know whether there's been stories about breakthrough in those areas. Even to go and sit in a cafe and have one coffee 
It's amazing. Is my barista here, Liz? Um, can I please have a short black? Mm. Don't get distracted. I'm here. Here's the thing. Coffee is a... Coffee's an interesting thing. You see, who loves coffee? Oh, see that hand, see that hand. We love coffee. Uh, who would say you're a coffee snob? Yeah. I actually have favorite people making my coffee. Um, and so I, I usually go to those places where I have relationship with people. But look, I was having a coffee this week. And in a cafe, I got inspired out of a conversation with a brother. This is how it rolls, just, be, just in case I kick that. Liz is making me a short black. Before she gets to grind that coffee, someone had to plant the beans. Or not the beans, someone had to plant a coffee tree, a coffee plantation, in order that you could get the end result. So the tree is subject to the weather. Yep. So in order to plant a good coffee tree, you need to have good weather. And so a lot of our coffee comes from hot climates. Yeah. And if you're a coffee snob, you'll be asking the, the barista, like, um, where's that coffee from? Oh, it's from uh, Vanuatu. Oh, great. Or, oh, it's from Brazil or somewhere. Yeah, yeah, Brazil. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. There's a season. There's a harvesting season. So the coffee... Good. Yes. Okay, we'll just leave it there. Can, can we give Liz a hand? I'll grab it soon. Thank you, Liz. And before I get to enjoy this coffee, it had to go through some stuff. Seasons. Hmm. Hmm. So it gets picked. And there are tons of harvesters. Not just one dude. There are tons of harvesters. They pick it. They've got to dry it. Because for those of you that don't understand coffee, you don't get them on the tree. They're looking like that. You know that. It's taken. It's dried. There's a season where it needs to sit. And then it's taken out of its husk. Then it's laid to dry again. Then we have people who come and pick it, like grading. People come from the marketplace and pick out what they need. Special brands. Mm. They take it and now it's stored in big bags. They bring it back to where they're going to make the coffee. So it's taken and it's transported 
And it's taken to the place where they will use the beans. Who loves going to those cafes where they actually have a roaster? Oh, the smell. Amazing, right? And so you get this. The dried beans are put into the roaster. And an important element of getting the beans roasted is fire. I hear you say. Is fire. Right? I'm going to have this coffee before it gets cold. Mm. It gets roasted. So fire is an important element to roasting beans. Then it's packaged. You pay big dollar for that. Then you bring it into your homes. You put it into a grinder. Then, if you understand a, a coffee grinder, then you kind of shift and change the size of the grind. Yep. Okay. As you shift and change... You are preparing the beans for the kind of condition or have a way you're going to make this coffee. The size of the grind depends on how you are going to make the coffee. For example, let's go with this little snazzy thing over here. You'd fill one of these baskets. Once the coffee is ground and it's in here, there's a very important element, a very important equipment that you need, and that's this. Fire, it gets broken down <laughs> in the grinder. Then you need this. What's this called again? Thank you. I just wanted you to say it. <laughs> you need this now. And then it gets pressed in. It gets pressed in. Fire. Crushing. Pressure. Packed in. Whew. Now you've got to choose. How big do you want your coffee? What's the size of your container? It's the same juice from the same bean. Fire. Crushing, pressure. How big is your container? And then you come to this beautiful machine over here. It's not over. 
once you've had the pressure, you now have to subject the coffee bean to more pressure and more heat. You can't get a different brand to fit into this machine. It has to be the one that's made for the machine. Fire, crushing, pressure. Now you get locked in Hot water. Do you know there's a gauge on the side here? And I think most coffee machines would have a gauge to tell you the level of pressure, the water going into the basket to produce and release oils. How big is your cup? What's the size of the cup that you brought this morning? Because the bean is quality beans. Proven history. The bean has been picked by skilled hands. It is now in your hands. How are you going to roast it? Some of us, we know how amazing a great cup of coffee would be. But the trouble is, we still have the beans in our hands. We listen to the stories of people around us saying how beautiful the coffee is. And we desire it, but we've still got the beans in our hands. We have still got the beans in our hands. What we have to do is take it to the grinder and let it grind it down. Sometimes we run from the grinder. We look at it and we're like, oh, precious beans. I'm not sure I want to expose the beans to the grinder. What you don't know is this, or what you've forgotten is this. Before it came into your hand, it had to be in a roaster where fire proved it. Before you get it into your hands, someone had done the work. Mm. Someone had done the work and you've just received the beans. How big is your cup? How big is your cup? And then we get to, you get handed your coffee and you have to have it in an environment that is nice and cozy. Who stands in a freezer and has a coffee? Nobody. <laughs> One hand. If you work in freezing works or something like that. 
struggle is real. And you cannot just have it for yourself. The being enables us to go beyond ourselves. The the being allows us the opportunity to be in an environment which could be enjoyed. Same being. The being had to go through fire. The being had to go through crushing, hot water, pressure. How big is your cup this morning? You're sitting in a nice cafe and you've paid good money for it. Right? So right now, someone, it's in someone else's hand. Someone is making you your coffee that someone planted, someone roasted, someone bought it. Someone is now making your coffee. And if you are, you love your good coffee, presentation is really important. I go crazy, like little kid in a candy shop crazy, when, when, when it comes, particularly if it's with milk. So milk. Um, the design. That, like, and I'm like, how did you do that? I love watching coffee baristas who just, like have you seen Mitch make coffee? Oh my gosh, I'm like, and you're gifted. Often, often we miss the quality of the beans because we look at the delivery. It's the same bean. And we miss it because we're expecting something totally different. But when it arrives, it's the same being that's gone through the same process in order that you would receive it. You have beans in your hands that have been processed and have been entrusted into your care. What are you doing with it? Are you going to choose to self-consume Or you're going to choose to invite a bunch of your mates. Let's go have some beans. Oh, here's um, the Holy Spirit. Like, this is not what I'm meant to be preaching this morning. I mean, part of it was only meant to be like a little illustration, but God's taken this, so I'm going with it. He just showed me another picture. Like, if you go into a duty-free shop, You'll see a random container of coffee beans sitting on the side with all the perfumes and stuff. Do you know what it's for? Someone yell it out. Yeah. It neutralizes. What? It neutralizes. So, here's the, oh my goodness. Here's the thing. In a world that's full of smells. In a world that's full of different types of stench. Your beans neutralize the environment. 
It neutralizes the environment. How many of you walking into a situation, again, referring to thermostats, walking into an environment, a situation, and you go, okay, I read it. Yep, a bit cold in here. I'm going to warm it up. You neutralize the environment. Rather than being subject to it, you neutralize it. I believe each person in this room, each person in a church sitting, it's church o'clock right now. You all have a fistful of beans in your hand. You didn't grow it. You certainly didn't roast it. But it's in your hands under, what's the word I want to use? It's in your care. It is in your care. What you do with those beans is totally up to you. How big is your cup right now? I'm believing today because the bean quality is still the same. It's awesome. It has the ability to bring people together. It's, the quality is the same. How it's been roasted is the same. The process is the same, but it's now in your hands. What are you going to do? What's the grade of the grinder that you're going to choose that's going to enable the flow? Here's the thing about coffee is that you get this variety and then you get freeze-dried coffee. Sorry about that. Um, hey, freeze-dried coffee, man, that's awesome, but it doesn't replace. So, um, dare I say cheap imitation coffee, coffee, but it'll do. I wonder if there are some of us who have settled for imitation, quick and easy, one teaspoon, hot water, and it's done, and and uh, and 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 we forget that it needs. There's a process. Mm. How big is your cup? Can I talk about Zacchaeus? Awesome. Let's change gear. I love the story of Zacchaeus because my life is full of stories like Zacchaeus and I love it because it's real. I love it because it reminds me that I'm on a road and I'm on a journey as well as my friends. Open your Bible. Let's go to Luke chapter 19. If you've got it, say yes. If you haven't, say wait. Oh, come on, man. Most of the people who said wait are kind of looking on their phones. Wait. Cool, we good? Okay. Actually, let's change it up. Come on, let's stand for the reading of the word. It too. Okay. 
chapter 19, verse 1. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. You'll get the message paraphrased on the screen. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and he was wealthy. Mm -hmm. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. And when Jesus reached the spot, everybody say the spot, he looked up and said to him, hey Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. Verse seven, all the people, say all the people, saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, <laughs> here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Verse 9, Jesus said to him, today, say today, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is the son of Abraham. 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 For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. You may be seated in his presence. For this man too is the son of Abraham. For this man too is the son of Abraham. Verse 1, Jesus was passing through. Have you ever passed through something? In your life, like you just, you just pass by. And then all of a sudden, someone gets in your way. You see someone. Oh, Zacchaeus, short in stature. So he could have just let that in itself stop him from seeing Jesus. He was rich, filthy rich. But he didn't let that stop him from seeing Jesus. Everybody hated him. But that didn't stop him from seeing Jesus. Jesus was passing by. He climbed a weird place. So, I mean, it's amazing. He climbed a sycamore tree. And I was just reading that again this morning. He climbed a sycamore tree. 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 I'll just let that land. It wasn't about the tree. He was seeking for more. He climbed I'm seeking a more tree. But Jesus was just passing by.
tree is common in the area. Apparently it's got low branches, so people of Zacchaeus's stature can quite easily climb it, which is good. God thinks about everyone. The branches were low enough in order that he would climb. Hmm. Apparently, the season of the time was early spring. Okay, think about early spring. Okay, so we're in the middle of winter now. All, our, all the trees are naked. Most of the trees are naked, right? So they don't have leaves on them. Can you imagine the picture? Early spring. Yeah. Little buds. Yeah. So this tree, which would have lots of leaves, and that season, it was an early spring. There was not a lot of distraction. There was not a lot of leaves. So Jesus could see this weird dude up on a tree. He was visible. But the sick, the sycamore tree, the sycamore tree, was the very thing that highlighted his need. But it was his choosing to get up on that tree. You know, it's funny how we, we think of people who are not in church, and, and sometimes, dare I say, sometimes I judge because I'm basing my thinking and my judgment on what they've done. And I'm like, oh, wouldn't it be cool? Wouldn't it be? Like all of this stuff. And I'm like, shut up sometime. Look at your own life. Look at your own life. Here's the thing. This nine. Why did Jesus call Zacchaeus, the sinner, another son of Abraham? Dare I say, Zacchaeus had some beans in his hands. Zacchaeus had some beans in his hands. So here's the thing. He didn't plant it. He could have bought it. He could have easily bought it. How many of us buy our way into the kingdom of God? So he has beans in his hands. Now he's asking, what am I going to do with these beans? Jesus spots him. And he says to him, hey, Zacchaeus, come down. I'm going to stay at your house. Jesus, you're staying at my house, but my house is dirty, but my house is filthy, but I have this reputation in my city, but you don't know who I am. You don't know my baggage. You don't know the stuff that I carry. What, you're going to stay at my house? But I didn't invite you. You literally invited yourself. How many know that's awkward? So that would have been awkward. And here's the thing. The Bible says that everyone 
all of the people moaned and groaned. What? Jesus should have gone to the priest's house. Jesus should have gone somewhere else, not to Zacchaeus' house. But what Jesus saw was that Zacchaeus had beans in his hands. Beans that have been tried by fire. Beans that have been grown. Beans that have been sown and grown and dried and crushed. And now Zacchaeus has got beans in his hands. And in that moment, with the presence of Jesus in the room, and they're just having a feed, Zacchaeus goes, oh man, oh. Like Jesus wasn't guilt tripping him or anything, but his very presence made Zacchaeus go, you know what? Man, I've cheated people. Da, 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 da. This is what I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna do that. Seek a more tree. Seek a more tree. Position myself to be seen. So what if the people in your life want to be positioned in such a way that you see them? Because can I assume that everyone in the room, we have the presence of Jesus in our lives so we carry Jesus, yes? Yep. And so who is it in your world that you spot that has positioned themselves on a sycamore tree waiting to be noticed? I said earlier, this is not a coincidence. People position their lives all the time. If Justin Bieber was to come into town or at least the news of him coming into town, do you know, the rate of, of, of homeless people would just increase. Do you know why? Because people want to position themselves at his hotel and they will sleep in the winter cold just to be noticed by Justin Bieber. People line up for days for a sale, for a winter jacket. People position themselves for the sale People stay up all night to watch the rugby because it's something that they want to see. Who is it in our world that has positioned themselves in your life to seek more? Who is it that you could be so bold and you can say, hey, I'm coming to your house. And we're going to eat together. So this, this, this whole thing just changed in my mind because I'm, I'm kind of thinking, oh, you know what? I want to get them to my house because I, I know the atmosphere of my house. I know what goes on. I know that, you know, there's flow. I know there's all that kind of stuff. But Jesus, notice, didn't say, oi, Zacchaeus, come on, let's go to the temple, bro. Did he say that? He said to him, get down from that tree. I'm going to your house. I am going to your house. And in that place, in the presence of Jesus, 
Zacchaeus gets it. He got it. There was no judgment. It was just this awareness of the presence of a holy God in the room that made him go, oh man, look at my life. Look at the stuff that I, no judgment. Just, hey dude, that's an awesome steak. That's awesome feed. You're a great cook. Zacchaeus is like, yeah, but it's not enough. You don't know. You don't know me. The very presence of Jesus compelled him to shift his life. Dare I say, he was filthy rich. Dare I say, he had a reputation. His job, people probably thought, oh, you steal everybody's money. Jesus could have gone to a beggar. Jesus could have gone to someone else that clearly had a need. But he chose Zacchaeus, who was on a sycamore tree, because he was seeking for more, because he had everything. Come on, how many of you know, like, trying to talk to rich people is really intimidating. When was the last time you spoke to a rich, filthy rich person? Eh, not really in my circle of influence. Do you know, one thing when I was flying in the airlines, here's, here's one of the things. Business class is amazing. Here you are, you got this multi-million dollar person, um, yeah, multi-million dollar person, who has earned all of this and done all this work, is now subject to your service. Who is now subject to you who carry the beans. This is what I'm just challenged about the marketplace is that so often we get intimidated when we look over and we see dollar signs. We look over and we see reputation. We look over and we see all of these things that are blocking what we believe is good for them. And we get intimidated because we're scared. We don't know what to say to this person. I can't relate. God uses a cup of coffee and God uses a cup of coffee to connect you. The conversations I've had in business class, I couldn't, I can't explain. But it's been about the beans. It's been about the delivery. It's been about your level of first. They can't get up and leave. Try and do that at 40,000 feet. It's over your service. Because you understand what the bean had to go through before it came into your hands. The bean that was tried by fire, crushed by the... they just get to enjoy it. Here's the thing, church. So much is at stake. What I want to do today is want to give the opportunity, as it were, 
to make a decision, not just to hold my beans, not just to have it in my hands, but I would put it through a process in order that God would do something amazing out of it. And that God would take it further than where I could take it myself. Today is that day. I'm speaking to so many people, but you contextualize this however way you want to. But the quality of the beam is still the same. How big is your cup? There has to be a reason for what we do. What is your reason for smiling this morning? What is your reason for your praise this morning? What is your reason for turning up to church this morning? However way you've come this morning, you have beans in your hands. What I want to help you to do this morning is activate something in the Spirit, activate something in your heart where we position ourselves and go, God, I want to be your barista this morning. I want to be the guy that just serves it. I want to be the guy that's been used of you, that's in your hands for you to use. You see, the kingdom of God is about the here and now. The kingdom of God is not about the past and your glory days. The kingdom of God is not necessarily about your future. The kingdom of God is about the here and now. God's rule and reign today. God's rule and reign in your family today. God's rule and reign in your workplace today. God's rule and reign in this city today. God's rule and reign in this nation today. God's rule and reign in this globe today. Let's not be those Christians who always think about the past and always think about the future and we forget to live today. The people that we have in our lives today are a gift. Are a gift. And you are in their lives because you have the ability to serve them up something that's not cheap and not imitation. These last 21 days hasn't been in vain. I'm believing and you're believing that God is going to shift how we see things. I'm believing that we will get it. You will get it. We were intentional about saying, you need to hear from God about what you need to fast for. How are you going to do that? It's, it's up to you. You are going to need to hear from God about that. And for some of us, we've struggled because, no, 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 you just need to tell me what I need to do. Tell me what I need to do. And I'm going, I, I just have a real conviction. It's like, no, 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 no. This season is about you choosing. Maturity is about you having the ability to make a choice. And man, what I love is that you're here this morning. You've decided to come. And with that, this is our sycamore tree. We're positioning and we're going, oh my goodness, will he see me? Thanks for listening to this podcast. Check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch.